to welcome into a rarity. It is a Hoopsville, D3Football.com, Around the Nation podcast crossover event with myself, Pat, Dave McHugh, and Pat Coleman. Normally we're talking, it's either one sport or the other. We don't we don't try, tend to cross-pollinate too much. Uh, Pat, w- welcome in. Good to see you as we can see each other on this audio podcast. And uh, a little bit rare here as we, as we dive into some complex things. But first and foremost, good to see you. Yeah, likewise. And uh, I think this is a, I don't know if this is a concept that we would uh, continue to do. And for those who are listening on the D3Football.com Around the Nation feed, this is not episode 291. We'll keep our normal numbering. Consider this a bonus episode that's uh, free and available to everybody. And my apologies to Greg Thomas, who is not joining us as uh, my usual co-host today. Yeah, Greg, I'm I'm stepping in here, bud. Uh, of course, I have Ryan and Gordon. Well, Pat's technically a, a colleague who pops into Hope Hill, so this is not, isn't that on uncommon we'll throw this on the tail end of last season's uh episodes for hoopsville as we prepare for um the next season and for all you hoopsville fans out there not diving into it but we are coming back we'll have more details with that coming up we're still putting some i's and t's together as we move forward but really pat the the reason this one's kind of crossing together is a lot of changes going into this year that we all saw coming some very much last minute some that have kind of ebbed and flowed with regional rankings how regions are based Based on expansion of regions, obviously, uh, in a lot of sports, we'll dive into it a little bit later. But, uh, for example, the soccers, which I also cover, uh, I'll be calling Division Three men's and women's soccer championships once again this year. We're at 10 regions. Basketball, both of them are at 10. Um, you know, the lacrosses have grown. Football's up to six uh, when it used to be four. We'll cross into that in a bit. But also regional rankings has taken a twist. And that's why we're jumping in here, because w- – this was kind of came together in the last few months and suddenly now everybody after the first regional rankings of the fall came out went wait what because they hadn't seen the news or even they did see the news pat they didn't really fully grasp what's going on here yeah and of course for the football audience uh there were first regional rankings this past week in some of the other sports like soccer and volleyball the ones that start their championships a week earlier than football so their calendar is a week ahead of the football calendar but what's happening basically is our first regional ranking, uh, which we would normally now we don't even get until after, you know, a crazy amount of time in the season, basically after uh, is it nine weeks, I think after week nine, normally we usually get regional rankings. Now that first regional ranking is not even going to be ranked. It's going to be well, unless you're the NESCAC, the old style NESCAC, which used to list its standings alphabetically, because that is what our regional rankings are going to look like. So your region five regional rankings are not going to start with maybe say North central. They may start with someone like Aurora who is first alphabetically, but probably in a one through seven ranking would be more like five or six. Yeah. We should point out and the numbers are irrelevant. If they numbers show up somewhere, it's just for, for formality, I guess, or really for whatever, like the website needs a number or something. I was going to say, I might expect to see maybe just possibly on NCA.com is there regional ranking page require a number and so would we see artificial numbers even uh yeah i'm double i'm literally double checking as we're speaking because i saw him yesterday while i was broadcasting um a a men's soccer game and i didn't see the numbers believe it or not so i don't think it's required but just for those who see them in an order that the order doesn't matter it's just alphabetical yeah and that's that's what's really strange dave is we get so few of these regional rankings anymore anyway i think back back in the day if Keith were here, we would go back in the day with the neck rolls and the tube socks on your arms, right? Um, 
in the nineties, you would get regional rankings starting after about week six or so. And then you'd have, you know, four or five of those going into selections as a fan, as a coach, as a player, you would have a, a fairly reasonable understanding of how the rankings progressed over the weeks and get a pretty good idea of what your team looked like going into the last week and maybe going into the championship selection and get some idea of whether you were going to get in or not. And now we have so few of them in the first place. And essentially, Dave, I don't know how you feel, but my position is they're basically taking one of these away by giving us a ranking that is not ranked. Yeah. So just to clarify, I just quick, quickly looked up men's soccer. They're not numbered except for the regions. Obviously, the regions are numbered one through 10. Good. Uh, and we'll, again, we'll dive in that in a second. But right. So I, I when this news first came out and I want to say it came out somewhere in September um, out of championships committee. It was revealed that they had approved, and we should point out, this is why basketball is really involved, a men's basketball-endorsed or spearheaded uh, initiative for a one-year trial to say, listen, we want to take the first rankings and alpha and, and put them out, but alphabetize them. We don't want to put them in a particular order, and then the next week we'll come out. Uh, we'll go in a minute into the details there. I'm just trying to give everybody the process here. The next step was for it to be approved by management council who just recently met and minutes have just come out. And I believe I sped read everything. I was going to say, um, but I was back also my told, phone. yeah, exactly. And I was told behind the scenes, it was basically approved by management council. And I actually thought it might've been tenuous to get past management council, but it did get past management council. It's a one-year trial. And really, to be honest, it, it could get shut down, I guess at any point, but I'm at this point, it's out of the bag. So you're going to get that first ranking football in, in, in short order, everybody else so far. And obviously with winter sports and basketball, that first ranking is just going to be the alphabetized order. And so when we go into week two, we don't know, and this is us extrapolating. Okay. So team X has got a, in basketball four and two record versus that team in that region. But we don't know if it's against the number one team in the region. We don't know if it's against the number five team in the region. We don't know if it's against the number eight team in the region, which in, in our world and in coaches' worlds and fans' world, that's a significant data point because we're looking at, okay, how strong is your results versus regionally ranked opponents? Um, and so to your point, yes, I, I am of the adage too, Pat, that having them alphabetized in that first week is removing essentially a regional ranking from everybody. Yeah. I remember the days when we had five, maybe six regional rankings in basketball. I might've gone too far there, but, and, and, and I understand why we don't have so many, let's be honest. And I know football is a great example of this. The data is just not great. Yeah. There's not, a, the there's not a lot of data points. Well, there's not a lot of data points late in the season. True. Either. All the even good in ones. basketball, you and I have seen data points from mid January to the end of January swing wildly. And they're still swinging by mid February. Yeah, it's basketball. You have in often often cases, you have probably maybe 10 non-conference games and something like 16 or so conference games in football. The balance is almost entirely in the other direction. A lot of conferences, as the football fans know, we've talked about this on the football podcast quite a bit in those 10 team conferences. You're playing nine conference games. That leaves you one game for non-conference. And that's the place where your strength of schedule gets mostly affected. If you're playing a full round robin schedule, then your other nine teams are all essentially going to be 500 against each other. And if you're good, if you're 10 and 0, then everybody's bad against you. 
your the your strength of schedule is going to drift closer to 500 the bigger your conference is so right. like the good data points in a lot of cases the non-conference data points are already in the bag and have been for three weeks and, and in um, basketball it's weird because that non-conference strength of schedule number is the one that's the most wild but also you haven't in many conferences played your double round robin set Right. And so your SOS numbers can be all over the darn place. And people are like, oh my God, they got a 610. It's like, wait three weeks. And all of a sudden it's a 510. And you're like, what happened? Yeah. Well, you started playing the conference a second time. We, I mean, so I understand why we don't have too many regional rankings. I do. I, and I don't want to, I'm not advocating necessarily to go back to the old school days of, of too many ra regional rankings because sometimes teams just don't deserve to be regionally ranked. I had a conversation. Um, with Mike Schauer of the basketball committee for men's basketball, uh, national committee. He's the chair this year for the second year. Um, and, and I presented the, the fact. And he's the head men's basketball coach at Wheaton in Illinois. Thank you. Yep. Uh, and we'll, we'll present a few of the reasons why I gave him a call. But one of the things he said was that there's a concern that that first regional ranking they all know isn't accurate. And Pat, this gets to what we all know anyway. When that first regional ranking comes out in every sport, there's a serious criteria mark that can't even be used. Yeah. And this is the thing that we talk about a lot in basketball. We don't talk about it quite as much in football. So just to explain it for the football audience that uh, your regional ranking, say in week two of regional rankings is when you're talking about results against regionally ranked opponents, we are talking about the people who were regionally ranked the week before, right? Uh, because it's just not really logistically possible to have the region three committee say, Here's our regional rankings. Oh, look, these, these guys played someone in region six. They're regionally ranked. Call up region six. Hey, is that guy still regionally ranked? Region six goes back to region three. Well, that kind of depends if your guy over here is ranked this week. And it <laughs> Wait, becomes I got to call region four now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's not super, it's not super doable from a logistical standpoint. So we always are, it's always a trailing indicator, right? It's the people right. who are regionally ranked the week before. So the first regional rankings, refers to a week zero regional ranking that currently doesn't exist, essentially doesn't exist. Right. It doesn't get published. And, it doesn't get used. And mock rankings are done because national committees and regional committees, especially with new members, have to get into the process. So there is a, a week before where they kind of go through the process and create rankings. They say, hey, how did it go? Did you understand the process? Did it work <laughs> out for you? Where did we have issues? What did, did you press the right button? But literally, once they're done, it's delete. And, and they're gone, again, based on old data anyway. So that first week is based on nothing that outs, outside of SOS, win-loss percentage, uh, common opponents, obviously. And head-to-head, head head, yeah. And head-to-heads. Uh, a significant one, and not that they're weighted, but just significant in the way that I know, I, I know with you guys, I think with football certainly do, but us with basketball, that result versus regionally ranked criteria number is a huge tiebreaker. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's right. If there's only five criteria and, you know, cross conference head to head is almost non-existent, then right. we can't really, yeah. yeah, we can't really afford to give up one of those criteria. And I, and I totally get it. So to kind of spin this forward, then, right. you know, we, uh, you know, we, we talk about the fact that that mock ranking exists. Why not perhaps make that mock ranking an official ranking and make it the alphabetical one. And then we still have the same number of actual regional rankings rather than taking one of them away and taking away, you know, an opportunity for schools and coaches and the membership of NCAA division three to see where they rank against. Yeah. Cause one of my arguments was, listen, this feels 
anti-D3 in the sense that we talk about transparency. And we talk about, hey, here's everything we have. And we keep moving forward with transparency because there's still things that we don't get that we'd like to get. Yeah. And on the face of it, and I'm being fair here because, again, I had a very in-depth conversation with Mike Shower, which was very helpful, and I'll, we'll dive into that. But on the face of it, it looks like you're hiding something because we don't know, okay, what were the rankings? Right. We're, we're, who did finish number one in that region? Who did finish number four in that region? Oh, by the way, is that what's behind the scenes? And we're just seeing an alphabetical listing and you're going to go into week two and now use a, a listing that we don't even know exists. So on the face of it, and I'm tr again, being fair on the face of it, that's what that's the flags that go off in my head. And I'm thinking, geez, this isn't this isn't transparent. We're going in the wrong direction. And yeah. I know for Pat, you guys, I mean, I'm not the only one thinking that way. No, absolutely. And it's uh, it's interesting that this comes from the men's basketball committee because men's basketball has been on our side, as it were, if we're yeah. talking about the people who are uh, advocating for information to be shared, for openness, for transparency. They have done so many things. Now, granted, this is over the course of literally like 22 years to make this process more open, more understandable and that sort of thing. So that was, this is, a, in my opinion, kind of a misstep. It's a missed opportunity to make things better Instead, it's made them a well, little what's bit weird worse. is, again, just for your football audience, primarily, who may not cross into basketball. We're talking about the first interviews with our type of shows, you know, whether it was you or myself. Um, the first ones to start getting us data and information behind the scenes or in front of the scenes. Maybe some of them were just overt, said, we don't care. This deserves to be out there. Here are the final regional rankings or here's the bracket or here's. Yeah. Who, who just missed out. Thank you, Mr. Mike DeWitt. Here's your last four in, last four out. I love you, man. Uh, here, I will love your, you for the end of time. Here's your seedings. Yeah, here are your seedings. Exactly. So men's basketball, and, and honestly, and also have frank conversations with us, to be perfectly blunt. They'll also tell us when we're off our rails, and it's informative to me, just as I'm allowed to say to them, I think you're off your rails, and they can tell me I'm right or wrong or indifferent or whatever. And that's what made Mike the conversation with Mike Shower so great. Yeah, and I, I, just to shout out some of the people over the course of yes. previous years on the football side who have done the same sort of thing, like Brad Bankston was the national chair for a year and the commissioner of the Old Dominion Athletic Conference. And I, I think probably nobody who listens to this podcast would be surprised to hear that uh, Jim Catanzaro, who is now the athletic director and uh, and head football coach at Lake Forest is also very helpful in helping us understand it because if we can understand it, we can help you guys, the fans understand it. And that is really our primary goal with that. Yeah, and Charlie Brock on men's basketball is one of the spearheads of it and, and on in, in that world. And we can dive into that well if we needed to. But so I did call Mike Shower and I said to him bluntly, I said, Mike, this looks on paper again. And with my fear of other committees, which we can dive into if we want to, because I do kind of keep track of the rest of division three. <laughs> this looks like you're going backwards and, and to see men's basketball's name on it really kind of gave me a, a step back. If I had seen, and, and I'm, uh, whether this is fair or not, I'm going to be blunt. If I'd seen field hockey's name on it, if I had seen women's volleyball, though, there's now a committee chair or a committee member on the national committee that I think can maybe keep that from happening. Uh, I wouldn't have been surprised to be blunt men's lacrosse from, from a few years back. I wouldn't have been surprised trying to keep information from being out there. Cause there are some committees, Pat, we all know that do not like to be questioned, whether it's by their coaches, whether it's a, by fans, there isn't sometimes a watchdog, as you like to call it a, a media yeah. rep that can, then can hold 
you know, questions to them, but certainly coaches. And listen, there are coaches in every sport that don't fully understand how this works. So to see men's basketball there w- was a little concerning. But yeah. My, well, quickly, go ahead. Yeah. No, and I think I'm just going to, I'm probably going to pre-iterate what you were going to say, mm-hmm. basically, um, because you and I and uh, Gordon and Ryan are watching the store, mining the store on men's and women's basketball. And, you know, Greg and previously Keith McMillan and I have been holding the football committee's feet to the fire uh, to make sure that stuff is done correctly, that the handbook is correct, which, you know, that's, it has been a whole six years since the, since the handbook was wrong. Uh, so they're on, they're on a fairly good streak. Um, you know, without those, like there's nobody doing that in field hockey. There's nobody doing that. Oh, we're, and, oh, and sorry, we're doing it in baseball too, but right. there's not, that's not being done in some of the other sports. And that's obviously concerning for, a bigger sports audience. If you are a fan of lots of sports at your school right. or you're, um, you know, a coach who's also an administrator, you know, know that, or a coach who is also a fan of the soccer programs or the Absolutely. volleyball programs or whatever, know that sometimes those, uh, those, uh, those committees, like Dave said, don't like to be questioned and they don't have anybody watching over them the way that we pour over these things. And we really do. And I know I've got my toe in the water in, in both soccers. And, and I, and I know that they're, they're, they're not afraid to be questioned, but there are just some you've seen anyway. What was interesting in my conversation with Mike shower was he said, you know, in, in reality, I think we're trying to be even more transparent. And it was an interesting comment to hear from him. But when I listened to his perspective, I understood where he was coming from. Their adage is, listen, we put, we put the rankings together in week one and we get about halfway through. We start going, Oh man, like this isn't how we would rank. Like if they get the region six, let's say, and they're looking back going, man, we wouldn't have ranked region three that way. If we had known how six was going to turn out it kind of to the point we made earlier or yeah, they're up there. But now that we got, other results in and other data points are coming together. There's no chance they would be number two in this region because the data is not holding them above three, four, and five anymore, but they can't make that change. Cause that's, that's data they can't use. And so they feel like we're putting out a ranking that's bogus the moment we put it out. And, and granted we yeah. can make the argument that other ones are because games are being played and all that. But his point was, we know there's no chance that that team should be in that spot. Because when we put all the data together, they don't have, they don't stand a chance, but because we can't use this one data set, they float up. And so we feel like we're not being honest because we're having conversations that say, why, what, huh? But we can't, we're, we're handcuffed to this. And so their thought was, listen, here are the teams we're looking at. Here are the teams we're using. The, these are the ones that are in the, t- in the rankings, but to be fair to you, we don't feel it's fair to say what number because we can't use all the data. And so it was an interesting counterpoint that I appreciate. I could totally see that. And, you know, those sorts of, um, you know, those sorts of issues and those sorts of bugs in the system basically are why I have not really advocated for once ranked, always ranked anymore. I've, I've yes, really agreed. advocated for twice ranked, always ranked, if that makes sense. Yep. Yeah, what that means, a good thing we again we use it a lot on the basketball oh, side. It, it, it looked horrible the one year we used it in basketball. Once yeah. ranked, always ranked. We had teams with 20 games against regionally ranked opponents because of week one. Yeah. So what it means is if you were in that first one, then you were always considered regionally ranked for the rest of the year when we were considering other people's records. So let's say that 
uh, Washington and Jefferson beat John Carroll in football in week one, right? That's a thing that actually happened. Mm -hmm. John Carroll right now deserves to be regionally ranked, but if they finish seven and three, maybe they don't. Right. And W and J would still be able still to count benefit. that. Yeah, it would still yeah. benefit from having beaten a seven and three team, which is good. And you would get an SOS benefit from that. Right. But you shouldn't necessarily get a regionally ranked opponent benefit. You get from the it extra also. bonus. The extra bonus points. Yeah. And, and listen, at the end of basketball, we do have the final two rankings count towards results versus regionally, but that's because there's so much extra movement that's being that's going on to finalize things. Conference tournaments too. And conference tournaments. And you don't want to punish somebody who was ranked on Wednesday, would technically have been ranked Sunday until everything got reshuffled again for the final rankings. And all of a sudden they slip out. It's like, what? And now that the ripple effect there is ridiculous. We're at the end of the season. We all know who should be ranked. It's not sitting at week one going with data that's incomplete. And that's the point. The data is incomplete. That team wouldn't be ranked with complete data. It's ranked because of incomplete data. And so Mike Shower's argument, which again, I understand this is bogus. So we're trying to be transparent saying, yes, they're ranked, but we know it's not accurate. So it's an interesting twist, but to your point, yeah. Pat, and this is where I'm definitely on board with you. And I brought this up to Mike Shower too. Okay, let's do the alphabetical ranking. Well, let's do it on what should have been the mock weekend instead of removing a regional. We're already tight on, on regional rankings and we don't want too many. But let's not take from the three that we see. Dave, do you remember that we used to have an alphabetical ranking in men's basketball yes. only? Yes. Way, way back many centuries ago. To the point of transparency and trying to push things through. So maybe that was in the back of my head too of going, oh, this feels old and new again. Um, I am literally going through the, the d3hoops.com archives here. We did not publish, we did not move those over into our archives because they were, they were done in December and in, in basketball, mm. that's just as bad as useless as you can have. Oh, totally. Um, uh, so we did not bring them over, but that was a thing that existed. Yeah. Um, I and uh, yeah. And I would say this too, uh, for oh, the, it was football, also the time wasn't that every team in a region got in or something or whatever. Every conference had to be repped probably. Is that what we were talking about? Well, no, it was, there was a point where if the mid Atlantic had eight, they got eight teams in or something where oh, everybody from the region got in. It wasn't at large stuff. Like, well, once upon a time you would get eight teams from the mid Atlantic and eight teams from That's the what East. I mean. And yeah. yeah, I think it was yeah. back in those days before there were at larges and yeah, uh, for that matter, a lot of automatic bids. Um, so for the football audience, what we're going to do, just FYI, I think we're going to publish that alphabetical ranking when it comes out. And then our group is going to take, and we're going to look at the criteria, and then we're going to mock that into a number. Obviously, that's not going to be an official number, but I think it's important still for people to have some idea of what the order should be. Using that missing criteria point or yeah, not? Yeah, I think we'll, well, we'll, we're going to do our best to, to figure it out. In football, it's a little different, right? I know. There, there are know. not as many of these games. There are definitely not a lot of cross-region games right. because it's expensive and it's expensive. Yeah, um, and by the way, expensive. It's, it is. It costs a lot of money, indeed. <laughs> um, Planes. So, so we're going to, yeah, no no trains, uh, really large automobiles. Um, so we're going to do that, uh, and we'll see if that's useful or interesting uh, to people. Obviously, it will be unofficial. And remember in football too. So here's a, a thing that's unique to football. Basically, it is exactly unique to football. We often end up with a lot of these unbeaten teams that are essentially tied or virtually tied at the top of a regional ranking. And rather than have like three unbeaten teams in region six be tied for first, because they certainly well could be one of the tiebreakers is how the team did in the last NCAA playoffs. Yeah. 
obviously there wasn't one in 2020. We are going to assume slash hope that they are using the 2019 yeah. version for that. Otherwise it's a useless data point. It's a very important tiebreaker. So right for you if, guys. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. If you're whitewater versus St. John's versus Linfield, who all very likely will end up unbeaten at the top of the region six rankings, when they come out, you could expect then whitewater to be first St. John's to be second and Linfield to be third because Whitewater went to the national championship game. St. John's went to the semifinals and Linfield lost in the first round. And whether that's a valid tiebreaker or not, we just don't have enough data points in football right. to use good ones. We talk about, we talk about it with conference tiebreakers in football too. What are the tiebreakers oh. you use in football when you only play one round Robin because, right. because you can't play 20 football games. <laughs> um, then what do you do? And that's why, there are coin flips and silly little things about points margin for, of victory. And uh, sometimes some conferences still use the Rose bowl rule, which is the oh. team that's been out of the playoffs the longest in a three-way tie. You just can't resolve a three-way tie in football where everybody has one loss. There's no magic. Oh, nobody's going to be happy. Right. There's no good. There's no good way to do it. So there are only bad ways. What's the bad way that you want to use? So uh, it's just not, a, but the point being, there's just not a lot of data to draw. From. Right. And listen, I don't know if we'll do that in basketball, to be honest. Um, we could. We'll cross that bridge when we get to it in February. Um, yep. we, we've got time to mull that decision over. We'll burn that bridge when we come to it. it Literally. Means, we'll, um, see how it, we'll see how it goes in football and see what it looks like. Well, right. And, and we'll listen again, if we could use the previous ones. And I should point out, Pat, our other idea, too, is when you use it and you put out the alphabetical, great. But just like with the mocks, delete. I mean, they'll use it to say who's ranked. And that's the other point I want to get to is. Mike Shower also was pointing out, it's like, listen, there isn't a ranked region behind the scenes. We don't have a one through whatever. Because that is a fear. Like, okay, great, you put it out. But in reality, somebody was number one, somebody was number two, and now you're going to use that to rank number week number two. He goes, no, but that's the point. We know that those are bunk. And so yeah. we don't want to use those. So what they'll do is they'll look at it as alphabetical, I'll go, okay, so they're ranked, but other data points will prove that so-and-so is a better team than so, so than another team. I think something else important too, which is kind of something that is dovetailing off for me, what you just said, uh, is that when that ranking is done and then they go to do the next one, like the whole previous one is flushed. Like, yeah. so in a top 25 poll, someone is going to probably be working from their previous ballot and say, well, this team was number 15 last week. And yeah, the team ahead of them was number 14 and those right. teams both won. So I'm probably going to keep them in the same order. It doesn't work that way with the regional rankings because right. the criteria always change. So your strength of schedule might have been 536 or something after right. week seven. And then you play someone who's eight and two and it goes up to 550 or you play someone who's one and six and it goes down to 514. Yeah. So they will then, you know, whether someone won or lost, well, they're only going to win because otherwise we're not going to be talking about them. Frankly, True. <laughs> there's not a lot of room for losses in regional rankings in football. Um, so even if everybody wins, the pecking order isn't guaranteed to stay the same. So you can see fluctuations in the regional rankings in all the sports, but we're talking about football and basketball right now right. that you wouldn't necessarily expect to see if you're only watching our poll or the AP top 25. Right. And we, yeah, your, your point's great. It's not like they enter the next regional ranking going, okay, who's one through eight. Do we keep them in that order? They literally come in and go clean slate that nobody's on the table. Yeah. And they start going through everybody at that point in time based on the data that's in front of them. That's been driven home to us for a number of years now. Again, I have a fear that there's some, some sports that I can't 
at this point trust. Maybe they're doing it proper. And, and I we just don't have the ability to find out. But there's unfortunately been a reputation that we're just unsure. So it worries me that not everybody's doing it across the board. But I take Mike Shower's word and I'm going to take Megan Wilson's word when I get a chance to talk to her on the women's basketball side. She's the chair this year. And Dewey uh, Nats is got, the chair. Dewey Nats at UW State yeah, is the and chair. I, and I football. know you guys are likely going to take their word that, yeah, the alphabetical is good. It's going to give them at least a results versus reaching ranked opponent. It just doesn't give them the position. Yeah. In the grand scheme of things early on, okay. I, I think to that point, I understand the alphabetizing of it. I just don't like that we're using one of our rankings so we don't get a real sense of anything until later on. Maybe that's just something we got to get over. I don't know, but Maybe. let's just use an earlier just, version and you get in that way. Week one is full of the proper data so that week one can be more proper is maybe the better solution. Yeah. We have no choice, obviously, but to get over it for this year. Yeah, fair um, point. Yeah. It is can, a one year trial. <laughs> yeah. We can, we can still bitch and moan about it and yes. we can say bitch and moan on my podcast. I can't remember if we no, do we, that of course we can. Okay, good. Well, um, good, because I don't know what the, we're talking about here. There um, you go. One other thing that I really want to touch on yes. for the football audience, and of course the basketball audience will see this eventually at some point too, but I think it's, for some reason, it's still a sticking point in people's brains for football in that, you know, we have four brackets and we had four regions and therefore there are still get questions is like, which region is playing which region in the national semifinals this year? And that hasn't been done since literally 1998 but we still get those questions. Can so, I help you just be blunt? Who said yeah. uh, who said a region has to be in a bracket? I know it's well, simplistic, and, but... But in, in 1998, that was the case. But, but that again, was 1998. I know it has not been that case since. But so now people are asking, well, how do they fit six regions into four brackets? I am pretty sure that the bracketing in football is not going to change at all. The bracketing in football especially is so heavily geography-dependent yeah. that there's almost no flexibility at all. No. It doesn't matter. You know, I don't expect to see now W and J being shunted up to play the Liberty league or the Liberty league coming to W and J because now they are both in region two. They're, they're the same distance from each other that they've always been. Right. The map doesn't have a lot of flexibility. Your Island finances team, are still the same. The finances are still the same. Your Island teams out West are likely going to have to play each other slash the ones in Texas also. Yeah. Uh, in order to get anywhere, uh, the map, if, you know, if Husson were to win the Commonwealth coast conference, then they're way up there in Maine. And that throws the whole Only that so quadrant of the bracket. Go. Yeah, exactly. They can't drive much farther than like Springfield or Kane or yeah. merchant Marine or something like that. No, right. uh, so, and, you know, I just don't expect it to change. I wouldn't expect it to change people. It's not going to be much different. Yeah, and on the basketball side. Okay. So maybe some matchups that could have been avoided early on show their head but again the both committees have shown such a penance for being as creative and use the mileage as much as they can and diversify the brackets if anything maybe instead of having two mid-atlantic teams in a pod now it's region four and region five because they're split up and so yeah. optically it looks different than what we would have had anyway um yeah Exactly. It might even be harder to do that because each of those groups is smaller where the, yeah. that, that basketball committee, especially the men used to do a really good job of taking your little four team pods and trying to make sure that you at least have teams from three regions in those pods, if not four, right? How, how right. diverse can you make each there of those? There was one year where I got weekend? in trouble where that didn't happen. And 
two spots, but we don't need to relive yeah, yeah, that. We, no, that was an ugly you can moment. relive that on your podcast. Yeah, that was ugly. Uh, um, we, we haven't had in football any of those things. And I'm saying it was ugly on my part, just for the record. There was ugliness on everybody's part in that one. Um, but yeah, no, I, I just don't see. Listen, I understand some of the concerns, but this is something I, I Pat, you know, I've said this. I don't know how much I've said it on the Hoopsville side. And obviously the football side hasn't heard this. I follow lacrosse pretty extensively as well as I help call women's across and men's across had been stuck. And I mean, stuck in two regions for way too long. They had over 200 programs in D- division three men's lacrosse in two regions, North and South. And we can go have a whole nother podcast about the insanity that that, that committee had for so long, where it was only North versus South. One side of bracket was North. One side of the bracket was South. North always played South in the championship game, even though the better championship game was always in the semifinals. We can go through that. But the problem was. Dogs and cats living together. Mass hysteria. Wow. Just have to drop my drop in if I I get it. Well done. Um, As a fan of the podcast, I appreciate that. Um, One of the problems I kept hearing was, well, they're afraid that some of these newer programs who are ranked behind some of the legacy programs would somehow get ahead of the legacy programs when it comes to rankings and stuff or come comes to selections. And here's my argument. I say this all the time. And I say this to football guys too. If team X is ahead of team Y in the, in the old way. And now team Y is sitting in another region with all the same criteria, the same, all the data points, exactly the same. Right. Why does team Y suddenly get ahead of team X? Yeah. Like if you did it right the first time and team X should be ahead of team Y, then just because Team X and Team Y are at the table together doesn't mean Team Y jumps ahead of them. Yeah, exactly. You I think people get hung, of this. people get hung up, and it happens in in our sports too. In that you know, someone who's number two in one region is therefore going to automatically be better than someone who's number four in the other region. And the committee does not do that. What they do is they take this mythical region two committee in this team in this regional four team, and then they just look at those two teams' numbers head to head, and that's how they determine who should be a higher seed because there aren't seeds except of course there are if, seeds if the data point says that that team isn't better than the other team whether they're in the same region together or they're in separate regions it says that that team isn't better period it, it, yeah and and that's what i heard on the lacrosse side and it drove me nuts and finally they started breaking it up before they got obviously forced to uh to to build larger regions by the way at the same time women's across had six or eight regions for a slightly larger i mean that's how insane the men's across side had been on this and that's where it gets to the trust side, Pat. Back to that full circle, back to the point earlier, when you look at the optics of the alphabetical and there are committees out there that you know have had problems and you know you don't know if you can necessarily trust. And I'm sorry if you're on one of those committees and you think I'm completely bogus on that, you are welcome to contact me. I will have a conversation. Enlighten me. Pat knows I am open to hearing the other sides of things. It's Dave.McHugh at D3sports.com. There you go. You can find me on Twitter at D3Hoopsville or at, at Dave McHugh. But here's the thing. There is skepticism. And so when that came out, the skepticism reared its head. Um, but I am kind of glad that I understand the premise behind it now, Pat. I just, as you said, I, I just don't, don't like that we're using that first, that first week. Let's, let's, let's use an earlier version just to say, hey, folks, just so you know, these are the teams that are that are rising to the top right now. When yeah. we get to next week, we have a full data set to take a look at this and we'll let you know how it all shakes out. 
there's precedent. It's really old precedent, but there's yeah, precedent. unfortunately, yeah. Some of us have been around a while, and so <laughs> yes, unfortunately, a bit more prevalent than it should be. But yes, it is indeed. what it is. Pat, I'll open this up only because I dive in, as you know, and, and and have conversations. And I'm not saying I have the answers, but are there other questions that we should at least try and answer um, before we wrap things up? Well, I don't know about in the course of this podcast, but here I think the one open question that's important to football people, which we're chasing down. Uh, literally as we speak, is the question about this trial program that happened a couple years ago in which it was determined that uh, no longer would, well, for a temporary period anyway, no longer would conference opponents have to face each other in the first round. Now, it's on the books that it's supposed to be that anyway, as long, and the term is, as long as geographic proximity is maintained. So for those of you who haven't heard the 500 miles thing, yet because we haven't done 500 miles or 500 more on the football podcast yet song. and i would walk <laughs> I, have, I have a drop for that too for i know <laughs> and i would walk f- i probably don't have that to, drop to hoop so we don't have to pay licensing for that i hope not anyway, under 15 seconds <laughs> i don't know if that's true so the yeah. thing is uh as long as you are within 500 miles of each other. The NCA can pay the cheap version, which is to send you by bus right. in this limited budget that we have in NCA Division Three. Otherwise, if they have to fly you, then that's where things start to get rejiggered, reordered. So uh, in the past, we have had, for example, way back, we had Pacific Lutheran and Willamette play each other in the first round in football. We have had Harden-Simmons and uh, Mary Harden-Baylor have to play each other earlier than necessary in football as well because those were the only options within 500 miles of each other. So for two years, we were promised, right? I think promised is a fair word to use that we would, that we would not have those restrictions. Right. So things were broken up a little bit. They uh, committed to spending a little more money. Now year one of that was 2019. We all know what happened in 2020 that we did not have a year. What the question is now, you know, if Harden Simmons and Mary Harden Baylor both make the playoffs, might they be forced to play each other in the first round? That's the question. And I know that Trinity uh, Trinity in San Antonio can make this moot by making the playoffs, but that's True. a big, big question. But I did look into it, and just in a quick aside, basketball has actually been a proponent of trying to make it uh, eliminated for the first weekend. Basketball, for the most part, avoids the matchups at all costs uh, in the opening weekend, but sometimes is stuck as we, again, the island locations is a prime example of that, Texas, Northwest, Sakayak, uh, and some other places. They'll, they'll meet in the second round and basketball has pushed to make it eliminated for the first weekend. I don't know if, it, if how, how far that is advanced, but I did check at, as we were recording this on the status of that unknown. Um, but my problem, yeah, the answer back I got was unsure. Got to go check on that. Um, but again, I'm checking with sources that don't normally deal with it. So in all fairness, or like I said, they just, it, they, they avoided it at all costs anyway. That said, in the back of my head, Pat, at least for the pandemic, I remember seeing something about putting that on pause because well, of then, costs. Well, and then, of course, they ended up putting the whole postseason oh, Right, on that's pause the trigger both. here. Is, was it on pause just for the year that evaporated anyway, or was it put on pause? In other words, we're not going to get the second year. Um, it, it, we tried it. We lost the second year, so be it. So we'll have to, yeah, we'll have to dive in and look into that. I got some uh, soccer contacts. I can would be the first ones I can certainly try with them uh, as well before I dive for you know 
So we don't have to wait till basketball to find out an answer, but we'll see what, we'll see what we get. But yeah, that's certainly one that, that I, especially football crowd. That's a big deal. Yeah. So if you're a Harden Simmons fan or a Mary Harden Baylor fan, and you don't want to face each other in the first round, root for Trinity. Yep. That's what you want to do. You want them to win the SAA. Uh, And you can read more about Trinity and the SAA in around the nation this week on d3football.com. Well said, and big Tiger fans. By the time this drops, that will be posted. But as the moment that Dave and I are recording this. That's how our world works. I haven't had a chance to edit it yet. (laughs) Um, Again, stick with d3football.com, d3hoops.com, Hoopsville, you know, us on social media, us on the websites, et cetera. We'll answer your questions. Um, Unfortunately, sometimes we go way in the weeds on this only so we can answer your questions. This is a way in the weeds podcast. This is a way in the weeds podcast. Crossover events are way in the weeds podcast. Anything Absolutely. with Dave in it is a way in the weeds. There you go. I'll take that. I'll wear that with a badge. <laughs> of All right. Uh, Whether with a bag over my head. Yeah, maybe that too. Thank God it's just <laughs> audio. Uh, well, Pat, before we let you go, any other things you think that fans are going to need or that we should at least touch on before we uh, sign this unique podcast off? No, I think to let people know, you can support production of this podcast in the D3sports.com family of websites in general by visiting patreon.com slash D3sports. But even if you can't afford to support us financially, you can help us out by telling a friend, a classmate, a fellow alum of your school, other parents of players about the show. You can rate and review us in the various places where people rate and review podcasts. I told you this wasn't going to be podcast number 291, but I'm still going to read the credits. You can reach us to talk more about Division Three football on Twitter using the D3FB hashtag. I'm at D3Football. Greg Thomas is at Wally Wabash. Dave McHugh, he just mentioned he's at D3Hoopsville or at Dave McHugh. Uh, you can talk about D3 basketball using the D3Hoops hashtag. We have a message board devoted to Division Three sports. Did you know? Join the conversation by registering a post at D3Boards.com. Also, you can follow D3Football.com and D3Hoops.com on Facebook. So the executive producer of my podcast is Pat Coleman. And production assistance provided by Dave McHugh, the executive producer of that podcast, which I'm gesturing to my left where Dave is, is Dave McHugh. Um, you know, we, uh, we do lots of things with music from DJ Mentos, which won't be on this. And we have usually people to thank who we're not going to thank on this because I think they are all behind the scenes contributors of knowledge to this podcast. But uh, anyway, hope this was a useful use of your for 45 minutes of time on yeah. a Friday. It's, are we going to get this on Friday? Is this going to go out? On I'm going to try. Yeah. No, the hope is to roll it out Friday. Yeah, that would be great. So see you with number 291 on bright and early on Monday morning and with Hoopsville when we're, we're hoping, no, we're hoping first. Yeah. First weekend of November, <laughs> knock on wood that, that there's some things to figure out, but we're hoping we're hoping and, and quick aside, we take advertisers and sponsors on Hoopsville. I'm pretty sure, you know, we're wide open. Come and call in. We'll, we'll get you on the air. There you go. <laughs> Basketball starts November 5th, if you can believe yeah, that. Yeah, that's a whole other topic we'll talk about on Hoopsville. Way too early. This calendar idea has backfired. Backfired. I don't have a drop for backfired. Oh, but I like one. that one. I'm going to have to steal that one. Ba, ba, da, ba. There you go. And now we're off ba, the ba, ba. <laughs> For Pat Coleman, I'm David Hugh. Thanks for tuning into this crossover event of Hoopsville and the D3Football.com Around the Nation podcast. If we do it again, you know the news is significant. We'll put it that way. Have a good one, everybody. Good night, everybody.
This copyrighted broadcast of Hoopsville is a property of DMAC Productions and David McHugh and is intended solely for the private, personal use of our audience. Any other broadcast, rebroadcast, or other use of the descriptions and accounts of this show without the express written consent of Hoopsville and DMAC Productions is strictly prohibited.